0: Picking up on week two of our teaching series called Overflow, where we're talking about generosity in particular, talking about giving. Uh, and last week, so if you missed last week, the kickoff to the series, I encourage you to go back and listen online. You can have a listen to that and understand where we unpacked three mindset shifts that we all need to make in order to understand and live into the truth that Jesus says in Acts chapter 20, where he says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It is what? It is more blessed blessed to give than to receive. See, we're small in number, but we're not small in faith this morning, are we, church? So, we, uh, we, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And, and we talked last week around the truth. If we actually took Jesus at His Word, if we actually believed and trusted in Jesus, then we'd need to make three shifts in our minds and in our hearts in order to experience this overflowing joy, this overflowing peace, this overflowing purpose uh, that comes from it and we're talking about generosity and that overflow. There's another place actually. It's not just Jesus who talks about overflow when it comes to generosity. It actually shows up in the Old Testament as well. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, it says, "Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to hey, trick question there it is. overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine." See, this is a theme that shows up again and again and again throughout Scripture. If we practice generosity, if we put God first in all of our all areas of our lives, including our finances, He promises you can't outgive God. He, he He will overflow. And, and when God says, when you're generous, when you're sowing into and building His kingdom, He promises He will take care of you. He will provide for you in an overflowing kind of fashion. Now, let me just acknowledge two things, right quick, before we begin. We prefatory comments, alright? The first is, when I say that, it's important you don't hear me say that as like a guarantee, right? That if you, if you put God first and you give to God and His Kingdom, that you'll then receive back tenfold or a hundredfold or whatever, materially, because that's not what the Scripture says, does it? It doesn't actually promise that if you give financially, you'll receive financially, That's not the promise. That's not a guarantee. You can't take that to the bank, all right? That's not what we're talking about here. But what God does say is He will overflow. He will give back. You will receive. It might just look a little bit different. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. The second thing I want to acknowledge up front is, look, I know maybe some of you are sitting here and you go, wait a second. Generosity? We're talking about giving? We're talking about money in church? Oh. Probably you felt some things when you realized that. Did you feel something? Maybe, 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 I mean, because that's true. I mean, that's, that's not just the true whether you're in church, right? We could be sitting down at Coffee Culture and some rando comes in and sits down next to you across the table and says, hey, I want to talk with you about your money. Let's talk about money. I mean, you probably feel some things at that point too, right? I mean, you feel some emotion, something would stir inside of you at that point too. You'd be like, oh, hang on a second, what's going on here, right? I mean, this is a sensitive subject, so I just want to acknowledge that. And there's some of you, maybe when you came into church and you're thinking, generosity, oh, sweet, yeah, woohoo, great, let's talk about it, love it, love talking about generosity, this is amazing. Well, maybe there's one person here this morning, you know? Maybe there's a whole bunch more who are like, oh, I may not be like, woohoo, this is awesome, we're talk about it, but okay, I guess, if we, you know, let's talk about it, that's fine. But I'm guessing there's probably also some people here this morning who are like, really? Do we have to? I mean, come on, I brought a friend, right? And you're like, why do we have to talk about money in church? Like, like, we feel stuff. And maybe, maybe, maybe you're even to the extent where the thought of talking about money in church actually makes you angry. And you go, man, why is the church always banging on about money? Why is it always talking? About-? Can I just assure you, from the bottom of my heart, there is no desire in any part of this series for us to give any sense of obligation or duty or I don't, I don't want anything. I don't want, I'm far more interested in the things that God would have for you than anything we might get from you. We're not here to get your money. God's not here to get your money. He doesn't need it. He actually doesn't need your money. He's got more than enough. He is more than enough. This is about our hearts, friends, yours and mine. And I'm speaking from my heart this morning, if that's all right. Speaking from my heart. This is about our hearts and our, posture, our heart posture before the Lord. And as we've seen, the Old Testament, the New Testament, all the way through consistently, Jesus talks a lot about money. He talks a lot about money all the way through. And it's been life-changing and life-transforming for me as I've grown in my understanding of this and practicing it out and living it out, but also as I've seen it in some of other people's lives around me. Some people in this church, some of you, you've experienced this to be a life-transforming journey for you as you've practiced generosity and lent into it. Others maybe are that, that, um, uh, over the years, people that I've known. Um, And so I want to unpack this morning three ways that I think we see the overflow. How does, how does generosity overflow from our lives? What, do, what does generosity give us or, or overflow from our lives? I think the first is it overflows as peace. See, I met a guy um, a number of years ago now, young guy, young adult, who um, basically had crashed his life. He totally bottomed out. He was addicted to drugs. He'd racked up all this debt, trying to pay for it all, totally bottomed out. And he reached out to about the only person he thought of who would give a rep who would care about him about the only person he could think of it wasn't even a family member because his family was you know uh, he comes from a really rough family and all that kind of stuff and, he, and so uh, that, that, that good friend was like a mentor to him and, and actually paid for him to travel across the country to a different city and go and spend some time getting cleaned up and trying to sort his life out and have some of that kind of conversation. So at 24 years old, this young guy goes across, spends his time with this, with this uh, older older fella who um, was helping him detox and, was hel- and took him along to church, right? Took him along to church and he said he gave his life to Jesus at church with drugs in his pocket. Like, this is how, like, you know what I mean? Like, he gave his heart to Jesus at church and um, and then he's deciding like, okay, if I'm really going to get my life back on track, then I can't go back to where I'm unsupported and where, you know, all of life is just, totally trained, wreck I've bottomed out before. I need to stay somewhere healthy that's going to be good for me. And this guy offered a room just for him to stay in and for, you know, get, on, get on his feet and all that kind of stuff. So he's like, this isn't just a visit anymore for, for a couple of weeks. This is now, he's moving to this new city. And in the process and that transition point of, of, of moving, he, he like crashed his car and totally rode it off. He, um, you know, he got robbed at his place. So when he went back to get his things, he only, he could fit all of his stuff, he said, into three cardboard boxes. his entire lifely possessions. Three cardboard boxes that he brought into his new house. Um, this guy helped him, you know, kind of detox, get clean, get back on his feet um, and, and and served as a guarantor to help him get a lease, an apartment, you know, a, a new place to live. And, and he got a part-time job at the church where he'd given his heart to the Lord and, and, uh, and, and, and all this kind of stuff. And he had all this debt though racked up from you know years of hard living and and uh credit card debt and all this kind of stuff so the pastor's wife sat down with him one day and was like hey hey it's awesome to see all the things that you're doing and your life getting back on track but man you you need a budget like we need to talk about the finances here we need to talk about money you need a budget and so he's, she's like walking through with him how do you set this up and she's going you know you need some money for food and you need some money for you know um rent and so putting the money you know and petrol and put the put the figures down there you got to pay the power power bill right you to put you know this. And, and she goes oh i almost forgot tithe and so up at the top of the the, the budget sheet in big letters she writes the words tithe you know 10 percent and he's like brand new to faith he's like who is tithe and why does he want my money? You know, like, what is this? Um, and, and, and just did not understand. And so he's starting to get mad and, and frustrated with all this. And then she read, hey, 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 it's not my idea. It's not my idea. Look in Malachi chapter three in the Old Testament where, where, where the, uh, the prophet Malachi says, bring the whole tithe, 10% into the storehouse. Basically, that's t- 10% of what you earn. Bring it into God's house. Bring it, you know, give it to, give it to God that there may be food in my house that his, his, his house might be well resourced and able to meet the needs of people. He says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room, there will not be room enough to store it. And uh, so, you know, and, and you might have heard already, this is, this is the only place in the Scriptures where God says, test me, where God says, hey, test me in this. So you can't outgive God, is the inverse way of saying that, right? Like, like you can't outgive God. He, he's he's going to throw open the floodgates of heaven, pour out so much blessing, there'll be room enough to store it. And th- this dude's like, well, well, hang on a second. I'm broke. I don't have any money. I got nothing. And this pastor's wife, you know, she's like, well, then 10% of nothing shouldn't be hard to come up with, right? <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's the, you know, the, and she said, because the truth is actually, the more you have, in order to start tithing, the harder it is to start. The more you have, the harder it. Because like we talked about last week, generosity and tithing and giving to God, it's never about an amount. It's not. It's never about an amount. So, you know, because 10%, if, when you have nothing, when you have very little, 10% seems like a lot, right? Seems like a huge amount. But when you have a lot, like if you got a million bucks, 10% of that is a lot, Right? It is a lot. It's always a step of faith. It doesn't matter whether you've got nothing or whether you've got a lot. It's always a step of faith to trust God and to give. and to You know, Jesus in, in, in the Gospels, he, he like talked with a rich man uh, about giving and generosity. And that guy went away sad because he was unable to. He saw how hard it would be to give. And then Jesus goes nuts, like super crazy celebrating this woman who gave like 20 cents because it's all she had. And Jesus honors that and blesses that. See, it's never about the amount, friends. It's not it's just not. It's always a step of faith because we know the truth from last week is generosity is not about how much you have. It's about trusting God with what you have. It's not about how much you have, it's about trusting God with what you have. And so this guy's like, "Okay, all right but I'm going to need some help, right? And, and she, I'm not, Sorry, before that, he was still freaking out. He was like, he was like, I didn't like it. He was quite mad, you know, and, and upset about this idea of having to tithe and, you know, give to God and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and, and, and this pastor's wife who, you know, godly woman, full of grace and truth, I think kind of uh, lovingly and, and graciously laid down some truth with this dude. And she said, she said, what are you talking about, bro? Your life is messed up. You've never needed more help than you need right now why would you wait to start giving? You need that overflowing sense of God's goodness and provision in your life. You need to start now. Like, why would you wait on that? You need this, you know, grace and truth, right? <laughs> and so, he's like, all right, fine. And so, I think he was a little bit like, not, not, too, not too pleased, but he said, he said he knew himself well enough uh, that he couldn't trust himself to actually put this into practice on his own. So what he did, you remember he, was, he got this part-time job working at the church and helping out with, you know, the, the facilities and all this kind of stuff. So he goes into, the, into the, uh, the accountant's office, you know, at the church, at the bookkeeper's office or whoever it was, and, and says, here's what I need you to do. From now on, when you're doing payroll, you need to take 10% out of my check." Like, that can't hit my bank account because it won't come back. You know, you just need to do it for me. So basically set up recurring payment, like direct uh, giving, you know, direct credit, like right from the outset, just do it for me. Uh, And then he walked out and he said he got in his car and it was like a ton of weight had lifted off him. He felt so much lighter. He said he went to bed that night and experienced deep peace. See, here's the truth, friends. God knew he, he, he didn't get rich, you know, God knew he didn't need like flash watch like a Rolex or a Tesla or a private jet or he didn't need to, he didn't need, he didn't need, you know, a huge check uh, you know, because what he knew was that this guy was deeply depressed, filled with anxiety, borderline suicidal, he didn't need a check, he needed peace and God gave him Peace. That's what God gave him. And this is the promise of God. It shows up again, all the way through the scriptures again and again and again. Isaiah 26 verse 3, where where, where the prophet Isaiah says, you will keep in perfect peace. God will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast or fixed on Him because they trust in you. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. If you're looking for a verse to memorize, that's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good one, eh? If you, if you need peace. And, and so this guy began to experience peace in an overflowing fashion out of the practice of generosity. When he started to practice generosity and putting God first in his finances, experienced this overwhelming sense of peace. Generosity began to overflow uh, peace. But I think also we saw, uh, 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 so generosity overflows from our lives in peace. It also overflows in purpose. And enjoy. So there's no guarantees that generosity is going to overflow out of your life in riches, you know, from from like an earthly perspective. But it might overflow in other ways of richness and depth and significance. I think purpose enjoys the other way. You know, this is the same scripture we looked at last week in Second Corinthians chapter eight, where Paul's writing to the churches in Corinth and he's bragging on the churches in Macedonia. You remember all that? So I'm going to read it from uh, Eugene Peterson's version of the Message. Just, just change it up a little bit because we looked at it in a different version last week. So Second Corinthians chapter 8, I'll read through the first five verses. This is Paul writing to the church in Corinth. He says, Now friends, I want to report on the surprising and generous ways in which God is working in the churches in Macedonia province. Fierce troubles came down on the people of those churches, pushing them to the very limit. The trial exposed their true colors. Get this. They were incredibly happy though desperately poor. The pressure triggered something totally unexpected, an outpouring of pure and generous gifts. I was there, I saw it for myself, Paul says. They gave offerings of whatever they could, far more than they could afford, pleading for the privilege of helping out in the relief of poor Christians." they're facing these really tough times, right? They're in poverty, they're, they're oppressed, they're, they're feeling financially stressed and yet they gave generously and it overflowed out of them in extreme joy and they found deep sense of purpose. And then he goes on and he says, this was totally spontaneous, verse five, entirely their own idea and caught us completely off guard. What explains it is that they had first given themselves unreservedly to God and to us. The other giving, meaning the financial contribution, simply flowed out of the purposes of God working in their lives. Isn't that a great line? Their financial generosity simply flowed out of the purposes of God working in their lives. And, friends, that's what I want for you, that's what I want for us. This overflowing sense of peace, of purpose, of joy, just overflowing out of the purposes of God in our lives, that this would just kind of well up and show out. And, and, and some of you have experienced that, right? I know I have. I shared, I shared last week um, you know, of of the story in our lives where we've lived this, you know, where when, when this property that we're sitting in right now, when we were doing the journey and uh, to, to buy it and to fit it all out and all that, and God led Jamie and I to give all the money that we'd been saving for a deposit on a house and uh, in order to sew into this and, and, and make it possible. And, and um and, and, you know, then it was, it was way more than we ever imagined being able to give in a year. So much so the IRD called up at the end of the year when we put in our tax return thing to get the tax credit. They, they had to verify because the amount was so disproportionate to how much we earned. They, they, they had to call and be like, was this a typo? Did you get this right? You got you to gotta check this kind of a thing. Um, but what I didn't tell you when I shared that story last week was that that time period was actually a period of, um, for me... As, as a pastor and a leader, where I wasn't doing so well. In fact, I was really struggling. I was ready to quit. I was ready to give up. I was really wrestling with and wondering is this even really worth it? All this effort, all this energy, years of sowing and moving across the world is, is this really worth it, God? Is this what you have for us? And I was thinking about quitting. And as I was thinking about this you know, message for today and was praying, praying through it this week and, and, uh, and God brought back to mind just three weeks ago when we celebrated baptisms. Right here, you remember that? And if you were at the 9am, you would know this, but if you're a regular faithful, you know, 11am person around here, um, our daughter Evie was baptized at the 9am service and I lost it like I was bawling like a baby up here I was you know and it happened to me again this week um, because God reminded me of that story that I shared with you last week and he reminded me the context he said remember how you were feeling you were ready to quit you were ready to drop out of ministry you were ready to leave leave New Zealand like you were you you just wanted out you remember that you remember all that you were you were going what is the purpose of all this is it even worth it you remember that and he said remember these baptisms is this worth it Clint It's worth it. Remember that three weeks ago, we heard story after story of life change and transformation and he brought back flooding not just those people from three weeks ago but countless others that we've had the chance to baptize or or journey with and pray in ministry and and see see the love of God and to see more and more people in this place you know this place that we sit in that we call home where we get to meet with God and be in worship together and experience his presence and and we you know life change happens in this space and because we gave we can open this space to more and more people to say come and meet Jesus come and experience the truth of the gospel and the good news i mean i mean and so god just said clint because you gave you played a role in those stories and all these other stories friends any of you who give regularly to this place you play a role in those stories you have played a role Your generosity and your giving has incredible purpose and meaning and significance. And that should bring us overwhelming joy, overflowing joy, right? See how generosity just overflows in purpose and in joy. And I want that for you more and more and more. For each of us that, you know, that's what I want for you. That you would know that overflowing sense of purpose and joy from your own lives. And I want to see generosity overflow also in a real closeness to God. Because I've experienced this and maybe some of you have too, but yeah, we experience peace and purpose and joy, but closeness with God. You know, we celebrated Arnold's, Arnold had a birthday party yesterday. His birthday's actually on Thursday coming up here, you know, sorry, Wednesday, Wednesday, isn't it? 19th, Wednesday. Uh, is Arnold's birthday, 90, but we had the party yesterday and all of his family were here and uh, four sons and their families and grandkids and great-grandkids and all of this. But, Here's, here's what you know, like like Hannah mentioned. Here's what here's what you need to know about Arnold. Is Arnold's been part of our church for for a good few years now, and he? he's he's served and ministered in a bunch of different ways. But I think his most powerful ministry is that he prays he prays for everyone in our church, everyone who calls the well their home church. He prays for you by name. So I'm sorry if that's a breach of privacy, you know, things and confidentiality, but. I don't know about you, I just want as much prayer as, for me as I can get, right? So Arnold prays for you. And I, I, I don't even know, how big is the list Arnold's like 500, how, what did he say? About 500 names. He prays through twice a day. He says it takes him two hours in the morning and two hours at night. That's four hours a day of generous ministry contributed into the life not and, and it's not just you know our church he's got a few other names on that list and family and other people as well It's it's tremendous blessing And you might be sitting there going yeah 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 you know it's, but he doesn't have young kids and he doesn't have to go up to work and you know he's he, you know he's 90 what else is he going to do with his time right <laughs> friends let me tell you I'm, I've met a few 90 year olds there's plenty of other things he could do with his time There's plenty of other things you could do with this time. I don't know a single other 90-year-old who devotes four hours a day to praying for others. Do you? That's generous. And here's the thing. It overflows out of Arnold in a deep, a close intimacy with Jesus. Just a couple of weeks ago, he pulled me aside after church. He's like, Clint, I've got to tell you this. I've got to tell you. He literally grabbed my, grabbed my sleeve, pulled me behind the curtain here. I'm like, oh Arnold, am I in trouble? What did I do? And, you know, takes me back here and sits me down. He's like, I just got to tell you, I've had this growing revelation, this deeper awareness of the presence of God. He's inside of me. He's in here. The triune God, God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit lives inside of me and His love is just just in every part of me and it overflows out of me. And I just I just can't, I just can't, he was, he was struggling to even find words. And I go, that sounds like a move of God if you can't find words for it, right? I mean, this was what was going on and coming out of Arnold. And I go, man, I want that. I want that for me. I want that from, for you. And I want that for all of us, friends. It's, and I think it's out of the generosity of his time and his faithful commitment to pray. That it overflows in this deep closeness with God. But it's not just in giving of time and talents, but it is our treasures. Because, you know, Paul, when he writes in that, that text we were looking at earlier in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, down in verse 7, he says, But since you excel in everything, see the Corinthian church were a bit of a model church, they were, they were pretty good at a few things. He says, since you excel in everything, in faith and in speech and in knowledge and in complete earnestness and in the love that we have kindled in you, you might even be able to add an Arnold for your prayers. You know, you could add that in the list, right? Since you excel in these things, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. See that you also excel in this grace of giving. You know, friends, that, that, that guy I opened up where I was telling you about, the the, the, the opening story I shared about the guy who was learning to tithe, learning to give, and crashed his life and was, you know, rebuilding it. He went on, and he's actually in ministry today, and, um, and uh, when he was preparing for ministry, he, he was serving in a church as an intern. He was interning at a church, and, um, uh, and, and, and he heard this, this a sermon on on giving and generosity and all that kind of stuff and the preacher was you know at the church where he was serving was like hey I want to I want to encourage you to give I want you to encourage you to be generous I want to encourage you to you know like stretch in that maybe you've been limiting what God wants to do in and through you and he was getting mad inside you know because he's like he's like I'm an intern I'm earning like 50 bucks a week what are you talking about I don't have any money to give what do you I can't you know what what are you exhorting me to give more and do this oh, you know he was getting furious really worked up inside he's broke he's stressed he's scared he's confused and he's and he, and he remembers after that like wrestling with God while cleaning up around the church everyone else was leaving and he's cleaning up around the church building and wrestling with God going God don't you even see don't you even care don't you know all this kind of stuff like you know you ever prayed those kind of prayers anyone you don't have to raise your hand it's all right um and, uh, and he gets home and he starts talking with his wife and, and, and with his wife and they're talking about it and, and, um, and uh, she, she started saying, yeah, man, you know, I felt really challenged from the message this morning. I think, I think we should do something about that and uh, I think we need to give. I think we need to give big. I think we need to give generously and, um, and he was like, oh, okay, okay, you're probably right. Deep down inside, he knew she was right. And they, uh, he said, okay, well, what are you thinking? How much should we give? So like, let's just give it all. So they, you know, check to see how much they had in the account. I only had like a little over 50 bucks. He's like, well, I'm not gonna be able to pay rent this week anyways. I'm not gonna be able to pay, let's, let's just give it. Now I'm not encouraging this uh, for anyone. <laughs> just, to, just to be clear on that. I'm not encouraging this as a good example. This is just what God asked them to do. And they did. They obeyed. They trusted God. They gave it, and uh, the very next day, literally, you can't you can't make this up, right? The, the next day he's back in the church and he's doing the tidy up around the facility and doing different things. And some guy comes walking down the hallway, and says, "Hey, are you so and so? You the intern around here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me." Yeah, hands him an envelope, and goes to walk off. And he's like, "Whoa, whoa, what's what's this? What's this about?" And uh, and the guy says. I don't know, God woke me up in the middle of the night last night and just told me to give this to you. So, God bless you, have a great day. Took off. He opened up the envelope, it was a check for $5,000. He said he went out to his car and just wept, just bawled, you know, like, and and cried because he's like, yes, the money was helpful, they were able to pay their rent, they were able to get food, and you know, like, yes, but, but you know when you're in debt, like, the amount of money, doesn't matter what it is, it goes pretty quick, Right? So, so, he's like, it wasn't actually about the amount of money. The most impacting thing was that the sense of closeness to God, that God saw him and God saw what he was facing and all that he was experiencing. God knew everything he was going through. You know, he was, he was just asking God, do you even care? Do you even see? Do you even know? And God said, yeah, I see. I care. I know. I got you. He said, that was the most impacting and powerful thing. He never felt so close to God. So, friends, that's, that's when I say I want more for you than we want from you. That's honestly my hope. I want you to know that overflowing sense of peace and of purpose and of joy and a closeness to God that just exudes out of you. I want that for you. I want that for myself. I want that for our whole church. But let me be really honest with you, you know. This past week, Jamie and I have been having some conversations and my wife is a godly woman who is full of grace and truth. And uh, so, just this week, Jamie said, Clint, you know, I feel uncomfortable with you sharing some of these stories about us and what God's done. Like, I don't want us to be on any kind of pedestal because... That's not our hope at all. We want Jesus to be lifted high. We want Jesus to be glorified. That's what we want. We want all honor to Him, right? It's not about us. We're just doing what He asked us to do. We're just trying to be obedient to the best of our ability. And then she said this. She said, because the other thing that makes me a little bit uncomfortable is some of those stories you shared about us personally, they're getting a bit old, Clint. They're getting a bit old. And and we look, we still give faithfully and generously and, you know, standard and strategic and, but it's been a while since we gave that large sacrificial gift and, sh- and, and essentially what she was saying is, I think we need to be coming before the Lord and just saying, God, where are you calling us to give? And so we've started talking and looking at our budget a little bit more closely to say, God, how can we be more faithfully stewarding the resources that you're entrusting to us and how might you be leading us to release those more fully into your kingdom purposes in and around our lives and, in and around our world, and so listen. Don't hear me talking up here like we've got this all figured out, and you know we're the perfect example. We're not. We're just doing our best to follow Jesus, and obey, and do the things that He asks us to do, when He asks us to do them. Um, that's that's honestly it. And and like I said, we're right in it with you, and so we're looking at our budget right now, and we're we're asking God, and we're just holding it all before God, saying it's all yours, anyways. What do you want to do with it, Lord? What do you want to do with it? Um, And because we want to experience that overflowing sense of peace and purpose and joy and closeness with God. We want that more. We want that more than riches or wealth or whatever. Far more valuable to us. Uh, So, how about we leave it there and I'll pray and we'll continue on in worship. Is that all right? Let's pray together, Lord. We do. Uh, we do thank you, God, that you don't invite us um, or call us to anything that you either haven't modeled for us or made possible for us through your grace. God, that you you modeled it hugely when you paid the ultimate price. You gave your very self, your very life, for us. No, you paid such a high price, incredible cost, that act of incredible, irrational generosity on our behalf. Lord, we're so grateful for that and thankful for it. And Lord, we we this morning just come before you and say, God, we we, we don't always understand how things work in your kingdom, but we want to know more of your peace and your purpose, and we want to have that overflowing joy that we see in the scriptures here in second corinthians we want to we want to know that overflowing sense of closeness with you that it just exudes out and we can't even find the words for it but we've got to tell someone anyway you know I just I just pray that would flow out of us each and every one of us Lord I want that for everyone here this morning I want that for myself and for our family Lord I pray um, so I pray right now Lord um that you'd be ministering and meeting each person. Holy Spirit, would you be speaking to and revealing to each one exactly what it is that you're calling them to do? Make it really clear. And and I wonder if you're if you're there this morning and you just sense the Holy Spirit speaking to you and placing his finger somewhere in your heart and in your life and going, This is this is it for you. And you you sense that welling up inside of you going, Oh, I want that too, Clint. I want to have that overflowing sense of peace in my life and 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 purpose and joy i want to know that overflowing sense of close intimacy with christ i want to know that then 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 let me pray that for you and so i do ask god that you do whatever needs to be done in our hearts and in our minds um, to shift us into a place of generosity god I pray that you might lead us to generous acts that we might do this week as a way of responding to your work in our lives this morning. Whether that, whether that be giving here at the well or giving anywhere else around the world. Maybe there's another need or another person or another place somewhere, God, in your kingdom purpose that you would have us uh, our resource and give generously there. I pray, God, that I pray you just release that and do that for us this, this morning that it would be shifting things inside of our hearts and our spirits, that we would know increasingly Your closeness in the midst of that, that You would see and that You would provide and You would meet us, maybe maybe not in like for like, but actually like for deeper need, like we've seen in the Scriptures. God, may we be a people who overflows with a deep sense of peace and purpose and joy because we're walking so closely with You. And we don't hold back when you say go and do. We say yes and amen. I bless you with that in the name of Jesus. Amen.